I'm Mackenzie Cameron. Welcome to 20 or 20, a dominionated podcast featuring conversations with Canadian musicians, 20 minutes or 20 questions, whichever comes first. Today's guest released one of the richest and most rewarding albums of the year. The album is called Kind, and it was made by a band called Tanya Iyer. It just so happens that Tanya Iyer is also the name of the group singer and main songwriter who is joining me on the show today. I think it's important for you to know you can follow Tanya on Twitter at Tanya Iyer Music and on Instagram at Tanya Iyer, and that Kind is out now via Top Shelf Records in all sorts of cool vinyl formats and digitally as well. I think it's also important to hear a song from Kind. This is one of my favorite songs of the year, Tanya Iyer with Please Don't Hold Me Hostage for Who I Am Who I Was. Tanya Iyer, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, for everyone uh, listening at home, I just want to quickly run down how the show is going to work. I'm going to ask Tanya either 20 questions or we're going to talk for 20 minutes, whichever comes first. Uh, and if we reach 20, 20 minutes without asking 20 questions, I'm going to I'm going to back. I'm going to take my foot off the gas, and we're going to and we're going to end it there. Um, 
Ready to go. Are you ready, Tanya? Ready. My first question, as as per usual on the show, is uh, where do you live and why do you live there? I live in Chochage, Montreal. Um, I live here. I was born here. My parents immigrated here in the 70s and 80s. And... I grew to love it here so much. There's a beautiful community in Montreal, um, an artistic community too, that just, there's so much amazing music happening here and so many good friends making beautiful things. So I love, I love being here, yeah. Now you, Tanya, uh, the person, you live in Montreal, but the origins of Tanya Iyer, the band, are also in Montreal. Is that right? Could you talk a bit about how the core group of you came together? Yeah. So myself and Pompey, well, everyone is, is from here. Um, and myself and Pompey met in music school um, and just had played music together in different bands and, and projects. And, and then when I started this project, I was like, Pompey, you should you should play bass. And he was like, yeah. And we played and it was great. And then he at the time was busking a lot in Chinatown of playing his upright bass on the street. And that's when Daniel um, met, met him, just like saw him, saw like a, it's kind of weird for like someone to be like bringing a big instrument out to the street. So I think he was a little intrigued. And then they just became friends and realized that we knew a lot of the same people and I was looking for a drummer and Daniel's a great, great sort of melodic uh, percussive type of drummer. So it was great. We That's, ama- that's amazing that it was uh, kind of a miracle that they, yeah. <laughs> they ran into each other kind of thing. Um, so I do want to get to uh, the record that you all made. Uh, kind, which I love, by the way. Um, but I want to kind of talk about the lead up to its release, mm-hmm. which obviously was knocked off course, um, mm-hmm. just like everything else was by the pandemic. And I know you guys were set to be at South by Southwest, mm-hmm. um, which was one of the first kind of big events in the music world, at least, that was canceled. What was that moment like for you in the band when you realized that you, were, you thought, oh, we have to go home? Honestly... <laughs> We were like definitely disappointed, but also there was a part of us that was just like, should we just go home? Like, because <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we yeah. Were, we were like three weeks into a tour and it already was tiring since like the second day. And it was, it was gonna be, <laughs> it was gonna be really exciting because we were gonna get to meet like so many new communities that we've really, we haven't been we haven't gone that far south before. So that was definitely like sad to not be there a part of that week. But also like I hadn't been home in like three months, like at all. So I thought like, okay, like I guess we'll just go home, you know, safety first. And then the next day that we got home, everything got shut down. So we were like, good thing we went home. I I, I do wonder about that. I wonder because I feel like for a, a a band like yours that is kind of like on this underground level, maybe has like, you know, a fan base, but is really do, putting in the work to grow that fan base. Um, you know, touring is a huge part of, mm-hmm. of that. 
do you like that you don't have to go on tour in a way? Like, is that is that a relief in some way? I know, obviously, uh, financially it's tough, but is there kind of like a is it like a bit of a silver lining that you can be in your home base? I think I definitely miss shows. Like I definitely miss, it's like a celebration. And especially when we're on tour, we get to just like reconnect with so many lovely friends that we've made along the way. And so there is that element that I miss so much. But I think the element that I don't miss is just like, you know, it's just hard to like be in a car and like, drive all day like you just die like (laughs) it's not easy and like I barely like being in the car for like an hour so I know I know so it's it's just hard and it's it's like you know we're we're in Daniel's like Toyota Corolla and it's really small and like half the seat is just like gear and like yeah it's it's definitely not easy but I do I think I'm going to be so happy to go on on tour again I think you just need a balance right of like rest and tour and like doing everything I think that's so important and I I realized actually you know just coming back into the quarantine that I was missing a lot of that balance like and you just feel like you have to go so hard and I was planning like three tours and like this summer we're gonna drive across the North America like and then we're gonna go to Europe in the fall and like all of these things were planned and happening. And then I was just like, wait, like, why did you have to rush so much? Like, it's okay. Like sometimes I think like the industry makes you feel like you just have to go really hard. And it's so important to just like take care of yourself and make sure you're like creating and like doing that stuff. Cause that's so important too. And so I think it was it was good. I think I'm glad that I was able to like realize that and find some sort of balance and I hope I'll keep that moving forward. side of things and talk about kind the album um i'm wondering if you could find three words to describe kind for us oh i would say um exploration and human and i don't know a third word (laughs) um just like inner self 
I like that. I think that's good. Um, so you say human, and, and that's I think that's a good word because something that strikes me about the album when I'm listening to it is how like grounded it sounds. Or the the word I came up with was elemental. Like it kind of sounds like very nature natural mm. to me or something like that. Despite there being kind of you know electronic and digital elements to it, um, was that was that an intent was that intentional to kind of like smooth out to like add the electronics but make sure that it still sounded very human and real yeah yeah like i think do you dream was like the band is exploring like electronic instruments and like the album kind of you can hear it even in the first album like the progression is like we start acoustic and then we kind of like i like get a pedal for the first time and like then like experiment with all that and then like try a synth out and try. And so, so kind was kind of like returning to that nature and like returning to balance and like finding like, Oh yeah, now I can, I miss those like sounds of strings and brass and like those acoustic instruments are so beautiful. And I want to include like all of, all of the pals and yeah, singing and choir. I'm wondering how the writing process actually worked for the record did you kind of have these song ideas and then you bring it to the band and you kind of build them because some of it feels um improvised yeah well when usually when i i write the songs and um sometimes pompey or daniel will you know i'll be like is this lyric okay or like what do you think about this and they'll they'll tell me what they think but i usually bring a song to the group and we just jam them out and arrange them and usually when we play live it's like we we don't we don't like keep ourselves to those arrangements we can we try and move around and make them free um so yeah we improvise a lot when we play and so definitely like when we were recording these songs there was like three different takes that sounded completely different of the same song like a really like slow jam of like i forget to drink water and then like the fast drums that you hear on it now um so yeah, there's definitely a lot of that, but all the guests are like amazing improvisers. So like sometimes there would be like light arranging, but it's like everyone kind of just did their thing um, over the music. So I think that spirit of that, definitely you can hear it on the album. I'm curious about the visual portion of the album because I, I I watched it yesterday and it very it it's a great kind of complement to the mm-hmm. to the the story of the album and the kind of themes and everything like that. Was it always part of the vision? Yes, it it I, I like so for our last thing we wanted to we recorded for the Do you Dream mixtape. That's the last little EP we released. We recorded just like our live stuff, just like a twenty minute improvisation. And this time I wanted to like work backwards a bit where we like pull excerpts from the album and create like a 20 minute soundtrack and always kind of had that in mind. And we worked with our good friend Bucky for the music video that we did. And it was just such a great experience. So we just wanted to keep building off that and make like a little film, a little story and yeah, I sent Bucky all the songs and he just kind of like pulled out everything from it and just 
made like a really beautiful piece from it. Yeah, I think it's it's I would encourage anyone listening to to watch the film as well because it's I don't know it's kind of it's kind of spooky it's like also mm-hmm. like visually beautiful and I feel like it gives you I don't know it's like an, it's another window into kind of this the world you've created on this album and I think mm. it's exciting I also think you know Beyonce did Lemonade mm-hmm. and I and I you kind I when I remember when it happened I thought well like pe- people are going to do this and then do visual oh, albums yeah. and I don't feel like it's been done. And obviously people don't have, you know, Beyonce budgets. Not, not many <laughs> people do, but like, I think it's exciting that you th- kind of envisioned it always and, and followed through in it. And it turned out so nicely. I, I hope more people do that. Cause I think it's a cool way to, I don't know. It's so just cool. Get a little more from, from the music. Yeah. I, I like loved Beyonce's visual album and watched it like five times or something like that. And went on like the first week that it came out or something like that. And so, yeah, I always kind of had that in mind of just like such a beautiful way to share music. It's with like, yeah, just like pictures and animations and just visuals. And it's, yeah, I love it. to ask you about the lyrics um because I, I love the lyrics across the record they all a lot of them feel like reminders to me like when mm-hmm. i'm listening to your album I, I hear you sing something and i think oh yeah that's right i should i gotta remember <laughs> that or or think about it or like mantras was that intentional like did you write a lot of these kind of as reminders to yourself that you know you to drink water or that in life there are highs and lows like i don't know because it works for me i find myself mm-hmm. singing um I know in life there are highs and lows. <laughs> All if I had a bad day at work, I'll be biking home and I'll be singing that in my head like, okay, there's gonna there's gonna be something better after this. Today, <laughs> today was low. Tomorrow's gonna be better. Was that was that kind of always part of your plan to have those? I don't know reminders for yourself. Um, that's really sweet, by the way. Thank you for <laughs> saying that. And I think that's just, um, I think my lyrical style is just really like very like. I don't know how much metaphor there is, but it's pretty much just like, this is it. Like, this is what I need to tell myself. And like songwriting, it's such a like kind of healing thing for me. And so, yeah, it was, it's, it, I don't know how planned the mantras were, but then I guess when you put them all together, it, it is kind of like a collection of like, 
mantras are just like things that I hope to remember and just hope to that have I've like healed from a little bit and just worked through. I'm wondering if you could humor me and rank the four elements from your most favorite to least favorite for me with, you know, and with like an aside to say that, of course, all the elements are obviously excellent and essential. So water, fire, earth and air from. I guess I, whatever way you want to go, worst, worst to best, favorite to least favorite, whatever mm. way you want to go. Um, OK, favorite water. Um second favorite i don't know does like trees count as earth because i love i think so i think yeah i think earth and then air and then fire which is weird because i'm an aries <laughs> hmm well yeah I, I feel like given you know the devastation that fires have been causing recently <laughs> oh, i feel like you could yeah. you have to put fire fire forth in this in this scenario fire is cool though yeah, it, it's it's great. It's it's really great. I think I I think that's why I'm drawn to water because I really need that um, coolingness. Because like the fire sign in me is just like go go go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, do you remember the first song that you fell in love with? Whoa! Oh my god! I'm like I don't think this is the first song that I fell in love with, but maybe. I'm like thinking of like a Hello Goodbye CD that I oh used to God. have. Oh my God. I haven't thought about Hello <laughs> Goodbye in a I minute. Know. So many years. Maybe like a a Coldplay song. I'm gonna go there. Like, <laughs> which one? I think like Speed of Sound. Okay, good. One. I have like that's a good one, right? <laughs> I think so. I feel like Coldplay's singles for the most part are pretty good. Clocks, like Clocks. The Scientist. Oh my, Coldplay's <laughs> underrated. I think. Learn learn them all on piano when I was like a young un. You know how it works. <laughs> Before you got into um pop music like were you doing mostly classical like um like lessons and stuff like that yeah I, I had I had done like classical music training but I also had like been singing like south south Indian classical music when I was younger and then when I went to school I I did a like just was had so many friends who was learning jazz and just like got into so many different styles from there and do you find you br you bring all those different styles like to kind of your current work like that all informs it? Yeah, definitely. I'm wondering if, if there's a Canadian artist or maybe even an artist from Montreal that you could um, tell us about and and recommend that we all take a listen to. Um, I think my friend Corey, Corey Gulkin, um, they are doing um, such just like started off in like folk music and playing the banjo but then it just like exploded into this like beautiful experimental world and the last album is really cool um my friend Chiquita Magic makes like really cool 
kind of like electronic, pop, dreamy music. Um, my friend Common Holly, Brigitte, um, just musical soulmate, um, just makes such great tunes. Um, wow. My friend Emily Kahn is making really beautiful. Her, her last album was really cool. Um, who's on who's on your record if i'm not mistaken right yeah yes. all those harp swells um oh also my friend wally just released a really cool album wally is in like nomadic massive i don't know if you know that group but just like such beautiful beats and, and vibes it's great tanya thank you so much for talking thank to you. me today and uh, congrats on the album and i hope that you know, we get that release show sooner rather than later. I know. My fingers are crossed. I, I, it, it will happen. Yes, I hope so. Thanks so much for chatting. This was great. Twenty or twenty is brought to you by Dominionated. Canada's best Canadian-only music website, in my opinion. To discover your next favorite Canadian artist, follow us at Dominionated on all the social platforms, visit the site, dominionated.ca, and please tell your friends to do the same. Our theme song and original music is by Taylor Barrow. You can follow him at a really slow runner on Instagram. No vowels in that other than the A. The show is produced by me, Mackenzie Cameron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mackenzie Cameron no vowels in Cameron. Please like and subscribe and rate on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Big thank you to Tanya for coming on the show. Go pick up a copy of Kind. Watch the visual album. It's extremely compelling stuff and uh, you'll be very hydrated afterwards if you take all of her reminders to heart. Next week on the show, I will be joined by Jeff Kankade. He's the force behind Vancouver's Devours. He's also the force behind his glambient alter ego, the golden age of wrestling. You'll find out what all that means next week. He is known as the nicest guy in the Vancouver scene. And after chatting with him, it seems that that is indeed true. Okay, that is all for me this week. Thank you for listening. Be well. Peace. Peace.